Hello everyone and welcome to Tech Tangents. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking with a school counselor on the status of kids' mental health and technology. So I have some questions for you today, and one of them is, what is your opinion on kids having phones? So my personal opinion is there is a place for kids to have phones. Um, you know, at this point, most middle school students have one. Yeah. And... Um, the phone in and of itself is not something that I would call inherently dangerous to students. There are things that I'm concerned about as far as access to information that might not be age appropriate, um, the amount of time students may be spending looking at a screen, and some of the other ways that it can impact social behavior and attention span and yeah. mental health. One of the things I do have to agree with you on, or with you on, is the whole like being in front of a screen for a long time. I do have to get glasses recently because my eyes have been weakened from being behind a screen all the time. That's not necessarily the fault of myself. It's because at schools we have the Chromebooks, as most schools do. Um, it's just yeah, screen behind behind a screen all the time. It is detrimental to your eyes. Um, but the second question I had for you was, what are the pros and cons of students have students and children in general having access to technology pretty much any moment they want? So there is a safety um, pro, right? Um, students who have phones have immediate access to help if they're in a dangerous situation. There is a way to contact parents quickly. So for safety, as far as having the phone and the way to communicate and to get help, that's really good. Um, there's a flip side to that, though, because they also have access to maybe dangerous information or nefarious people trying to see them. So that, that communication piece can be a pro or a con. Another pro is um, they've got access to information. And just like my last pro, that's a double-edged sword, right? You can get access to information that is helpful, and you can get access to information that is not only unhelpful but also could be inaccurate with the way that the Internet works. Um, some cons, we already talked about, you know, eye problems, eye discomfort. They can also contribute to shortened attention spans, and that's just because of the quick way that information is getting to you. Um, that creates a situation of wanting information quickly. That can inhibit your stamina for learning, your stamina for reading. They also think that it could contribute to higher levels of anxiety and depression, but there are some differing studies on that. So being able to be connected to people is actually a protective factor. But spending too much time on your phone can also lead to anxiety. And social media can really lead to a warped view of what people's lives are like. And, you know, you have to remember you're always seeing their best selves with filters and things like that. So, you know, again, it's, it's always going to be a two-sided coin when we talk about this. One other thing that is pretty concerning is there are some studies that say that continued use on a smartphone for someone with a, develop, a developing brain can actually change the way the brain develops. So they're still researching that, but pediatricians believe that if you limit your screen time to two hours or less per day, that can protect you from that, that actual brain, um, not brain damage, but really change in brain development. Okay, and my third question is, how have you seen kids' mental health go up or down over time after continued use of technology? It's an interesting question. Um, you have to remember that not only have we had increased use, but we've also had the pandemic happen at the same time. And I think the pandemic actually ended up with um, increasing the use. So if we had had normal life 
the last 18 months to 24 months, there probably would have been less use. But during that time, that was the way kids were really connecting with their friends because they couldn't get together. Is that all bad? No. We're glad they were able to stay in touch with their friends, but there was an increased use, which also can contribute to those negative factors we talked about. So it's really hard to pin down, is this all good or all bad? No, just like almost everything we experience as humans, it's not all good or all bad. It's got good aspects and bad aspects. Um, if you were to ask me how are kids different from when I first started in education, before smartphones were so prevalent, I would say that I do have some concerns about attention span, behavior, the attachment some kids have to their phone. That's concerning. I also have some things where I'm really happy about, which is the emails I receive now are so much better than they ever were before, even though we have text language, right? Kids are much more comfortable communicating in the written word because of their phones. So that's a, that's a good thing. Their ability to um, be curious has actually increased, I think, because they have faster um, access to information. What we really need to make sure, though, is that they're able to evaluate that information and make sure that they can see what information is valid. And they should use that information to evolve their thinking and evolve what they believe rather than just seek out things that they already think. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of social media platforms are going to, like, their, their own version of, like, Instagram stories or TikTok videos. I've seen, like, Instagram has reels. Facebook recently has released that they have reels now, too. That's more like I've seen, like, a lot of my friends ever since getting TikTok have, like, their attention spans, like, are slowly shrinking down because TikToks are normally, like, 15 to 20 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, that's six to think of a goldfish. Mm-hmm. Like, we're turning into, we're turning into fish. Our attention spans are, like, getting so low that we just can't and then like things like twitter exist and now like that's blowing up with so much drama Mm -hmm. um people with opinions are like they're like they think that they have to share it and they're entitled to share it which they can share it but they don't always need to Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's best to not share your preferences online because people will like very quickly like drag you Mm mm-hmm because they feel like they can and they need to because they disagree. Right. And I think that there's a lot of talking and there's listening, but there's a tendency to listen to people that agree with you. There's less ability to have a two-way dialogue. Like you said, you get dragged if you disagree. That's unfortunate and that's not something that just kids are doing. Adults are doing it too. And um, you probably have a better insight into how social media is used by kids your age. I don't spend a lot of time on social media. In fact, I didn't even know that Facebook and Instagram had crashed or whatever happened until like three days later. I didn't even <laughs> so, know that yeah. ever happened either. So that's great for us, right? Um, but I know other people who were checking it all day long. I, you know, I found out afterwards that they were really anxious about it. I, uh, my hairdresser, her whole business is run through Instagram. And she was really worried she was going to lose all her contacts and her calendar somehow is going through that. And so... I think that there, there's some things we want to remember. We want to remember our amount of time on these things should be limited. We need to limit ourselves. And the amount of information we share, you need to have another place to access that information and you need to not all put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, you know, and 
and you probably should be more private. We're very much out there. And um, that can be a big consequence when you try to get into college or when you try to get a job. If you have things on your social media profiles that honestly never go away, they can find it. They have, they have whole departments of companies and colleges researching that. And if you have things that are negative on there, you could jeopardize your chances at going to the college you want or getting the job you want. And that's scary that you could, something you do when you're 14 or 15 years old can impact where you're going to college. So there's a lot of power there that I, I'm concerned some kids aren't ready for. There's this rumor going on about how it's, it's harder now with social media to get into college than it was 20 years ago. There's when, a lot of reasons why it's harder now. Um, yes, but including social media, like mm-hmm. kids doing dumb things, mm-hmm. Harvard's acceptance rate has gone down mm-hmm. because like they're turning away these kids to do stupid things online because they think that they have the right to do so. That actually reminds me of one of the, the cons that I didn't mention yet, and that is there is some concern that smartphone usage and social media presence and spending a lot of time doing that can actually hurt your in-person social skills. Those difficult colleges, you have to interview to get into them. And if you have a deficit on your interpersonal social skills in person, that can really jeopardize your chances at getting into the school. And they also did a study that said kids who spend a lot of time on their phones actually smile less frequently in public. So like their faces and, you know, they just, they don't tend to be more as smiley because they don't tend to interact in person as well. Well, and also you see people walking down the street. What are they looking at half the time? Their phone. Their phones. And kids at our school (laughs) drives me crazy. But they will walk through the hallways mm-hmm. with the staring at their phone, mm-hmm. and they don't, they're not paying attention to who's around them. Yeah. They stop in the middle of the hallway. On my way down to record with you, some girl was just standing in the hallway on her phone. Like, she's walking slowly, and mm-hmm. I'm trapped behind her mm-hmm. because there's a kid on their phone next to me and behind me. So I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck between these people and the wall. And one of them stops moving. And I'm just like, why? And I was like, people, if you don't go to school anymore, it's gotten worse for the hallways, <laughs> traffic. Like, they need to have, ro- like, lane markings in the road for, so kids will go the right way and there won't be so many traffic jams. Well, and it's kids the same way on the road, in the actual road, you see people on their phones. It's very sad. And then, like, autopilot and so many of these new cars are coming out and people are assuming they can get on their phones now in the middle of the car. I think it's okay to go on, like, glance at your phone. Maybe pick it up to activate your assistant because some of them, and like in older devices, on an app, older Apple devices, mm-hmm. you can, some of them you can't activate Siri on unless it's plugged in. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has their phone plugged in, in the car. Right. So you'll have to then, like, touch the home button or something. I think that's acceptable. Or to, like, touch your screen, look down, see if you got, like, a message. Or oh, right. Phone. I mean, that's like when you used to adjust your radio back when, you know, that's all I had in my car was yeah. my radio. I, I'm going to adjust the radio. It's yeah. when people are, like, literally texting on their phones this, or texting walking down the hallway. Some people read in the car. That's true. And I've seen like, ladies driving and putting on mascara. Oh, no. Yes. You only do that at stoplights. Yes, I know. Like, that. some things you can do in stoplights <laughs> that are more okay than if you were, like, in motion. Because, um, like, oh, it won't let me move out of my lane. It has lane keep assist. Mm, yeah. You're going to put your life 
and technology's hands. And other people's lives. Yes. Like, I see these videos of, like, Tesla owners getting into crashes, and the only reason they're alive is because they may have been on autopilot, but sometimes even it can't see. Right. So even autopilot has blind spots. Right. It can't see every little part. So and it's you, not going to be a good defensive driver. Yes, and mm-hmm. it also can't hear. So maybe you hear tires screeching behind mm-hmm. you in the in the camera's blind spot. Mm-hmm. You are going to be able to act faster than the car would. Right. Because the car can only go so quick in so many seconds. Right. Te- people say Tesla's are the quickest car on the planet. I don't doubt it in some cases. They have fast 0 to 60s, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be able to move fast enough. Because instant torque in, like, three seconds, zero to 60, sometimes can't help you. Right. The driver has the ultimate responsibility. Yes. For the safety of himself, the people in his car, and the people around, the cars around him. Yeah. Things like or pedestrians. Auto, things <laughs> like autopilot or driver assist systems. I think of autopilot because that's, like, the biggest one right mm-hmm. now. Um, things like driver assist systems are there to help you, and they can't help keep you safe. There are videos of, like, cars keeping their driver and drivers and passengers safe because they're able to react quicker than a person can. Right. Um, but they shouldn't be the only one on watch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the car should probably be, like, the backup system. Right. You, you said something really interesting, though. You said that it was there to help people, right? Yes. And I believe that when, we, when the phones were first developed... They were developed to help people. They only could call and, te- and right. maybe text. That and, was it. Yes. And the original goal of these social media platforms was probably to connect people. The problem is, and we've heard in the news recently, that some nefarious things have been going on to get people to be on more than might be healthy, especially kids. So it needs to be used with discretion and Putting self-limits on your usage is probably a really good idea for your brain development and for your mental health. Now, because this is a podcast and this is, what, and this is what they're for, I am going to now go into debate with you on that because I do have to say, with them using nefarious put, like reasons or like ways to get your information or like to get you to stay on longer, mm-hmm. you are agreeing to it in the terms and conditions. Yes. People keep saying, oh, we didn't know. It's because you don't read terms and conditions. I have to admit, I don't usually read them. Right. But they're not gonna if they're not gonna do it if they aren't. If it's in the terms and conditions, you are consenting. Like you they're are. like they're like you're not giving it. You didn't give us permission. Or no, we didn't give you permission. Yeah, you did. Right. It's you in did. the terms and, and conditions. But is a thirteen-year-old. And honestly, let's face it, there's younger people doing just clicking yes, and they're not the right age. We've talked yes. about that before. Um, that's why I don't think the solution is regulation uh, by the government. I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting yeah. that self-regulation is really the key. And that's going to be the key to being successful in, in any area of your life, right? I mean, you're going to have to delay gratification to accomplish your goals. So I, I do agree with you. Yes, they have... They have the whole agreement right there, and everybody just clicks yes, and they never read it, and that's true. That's why we need to self-police, because nobody wants to sit there and read all that legal jargon. Now, my next question is, how do you think things are going to go in the future with technology? I'm an optimistic person. I hope that 
we have a little bit of a return to limiting screen time as we come out of the pandemic and as it's less necessary to have our kids be occupied when we're all in the same house at the same time for extended amounts yeah. of time. I think that parents of young children are already concerned because they're of the right age to understand what it's really done to their own ability to manage time and their, how they're spending their time and their health. I guess I really hope the future brings some moderation to our screen time. And we realize that it's good to have access to information, but we have to evaluate that information and we have to limit the amount of time we spend staring at screens. Yeah, and something I want to say is, um, I so the next question I was going to ask you, but I thought the last thing I want to say is, what can we do to help change happen? I do know that like Apple and, and I don't know if Android has it quite yet, I think they're like about to launch it in Android 12, where they have a screen time, Apple has screen time. Mm-hmm. I use that. I have to say I'm not proud of my screen time. It's pretty high. It's like five hours, four to five hours. But it's also, I, I leave my screen on. Like, I'll just, like, it'll be on, it says, that like, an hour or two of that is just my screen being on the home screen. So I'll, I'll forget. It, I have the um, turn off. I have the screen timeout disabled. Because sometimes it just, my friends, I play Minecraft a lot with my friends. Sometimes I can't be on at the moment, but it's my world they want to play on. So sometimes I'll, like, I'll leave it open and I'll just like put it down and go to something else while I'm like helping my mom or something. But I'll leave it, I'll leave that off. And then they'll be like saying that you were on your iPad five hours or so. And I'm like, well, that's not exactly my fault because I was not on my iPad that long. I was on it for three hours, excuse you, Apple. Um... Which I do wish that kind of like just being on your home screen didn't count towards your screen time, which is something that will change the future. Mm-hmm. Um, which something that this whole episode is making me think is pretty much we're pretty much saying that nothing is perfect, and hopefully things will get better. But nothing is perfect, and nothing will ever be perfect because that's impossible. Because nothing yeah. can work perfectly. Because humans make mistakes. Right. I love that you know your screen time though. At least you look at it. I do. So, and I mean, I, have for, I think self-awareness and personal responsibility are, are really going to help us um, be able to reap the benefits of this these tools and avoid the pitfalls. Yeah. Um, are there any questions you have for me? I guess I'm curious to, to know how you have seen it evolve. I mean, you know, you... When was the first time you had a screen for access, and what do you think about the impacts on kids? Oh, so the first time I had a screen, I don't really know. I have to ask my mom. I think it was around four years old because I was, it was my birthday, and my parents got me a tablet. To be fair, it was a really bad Samsung that I still have. It just doesn't turn on anymore because they have a charger. I'm sure if we got it fixed just right, it would turn on, start working just fine, because the only physical thing you can see is it has some cracks in the screen, so I dropped it one too many times, as the different tablet that you know about, but we're not going to bring up at this moment, because I'm still <laughs> sad about it, though it brought me my iPad, which I have today, um, but I've had it for a long time, but it had, like, the parental controls thing that mm. every parent should put on, like, some of these apps that you can download for parental controls, I don't recommend those. Because those, Apple doesn't like those. Or like, 
Android's more okay with it, but a lot of kids want Apple. Mm -hmm. Apple's the big company. Apple's the popular company because mm -hmm. it's also expensive. Mm -hmm. um, my iPad, I spent $700 on it in accessories. I bought a $150 case. I bought the pencil, and I bought the iPad 128 gig, which is 430 I almost said 420 but I think they avoided that for different reasons. Mm. Um, I got the 128 because I like to draw on it. Like Some listeners may not know, but the picture for the po this podcast, I made it myself. I drew that on my iPad. Nice. Um, I've had it for a long time. I've learned... Parental controls are a, necess are a necessity. I have them on my iPad. Um, everyone should have them on their device. If it's an Android, those apps like Hour Packed, not sponsored, but it's going to say the brand name anyways. Non-spawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, like those, like, I don't have experience with them. My parents never really used it. I know they at one point tried using Norton Family, but like that didn't go well because it just didn't work. Because I'm an Apple person. They're Android people, so it worked better for that. Gotcha. But I'm an Apple person, and Apple just doesn't like them. So they just kind of like, you may not know the term, but they nerf them. Do you know what that would mean? No. So they, they purposely weaken it. Gotcha. So I'm impressed that you are able to see that parental controls are a good thing. Do most kids your age believe that? No. <laughs> they all get mad. With it. A lot of parents use Apple Screen Time. Don't know about Android, but I know that they use Apple Screen Time a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them like get like really frustrated when they go off. I get frustrated sometimes. Because it doesn't always warn you. It's supposed to give you, like, five minutes till your screen time's up or five minutes until downtime, which, if you're uneducated on that, it's whenever downtime is when nothing works until the wake-up time. So, like, my iPad, at 10 o'clock, it shuts everything down except for communication. Like, I think it Messenger, FaceTime, and Messages, for me, are the only ones that work. Gotcha. Yeah, um, see, I think that's wonderful. I think that's really good. I think that the research supports having those limits. Yes. Although for some cases, I do see going wrong. Like, you can't... It has its limitations. You can't set... Like, for a school day, you can't turn off mm. your... You can't block some things, but allow some other things at the gotcha. same time yeah. for school days. Because, like, what if you don't have school that day? Right. Well, then you can't access your apps until school would be out, gotcha. but you're home all day long anyways. Um, like, so you go home sick and you just want to watch movies in your room, because, like, whenever I go home sick, like, I'm actually sick, um, I'll go, I want to go in my room, I either grab the portable DVD player or my iPad and I watch a movie or something, mm -hmm. because my family buys the digital copy of everything, so it's all just right on my iPad and I just yeah. watch my movies, um... There's other things that can go wrong with that, too, like kids having access to their parents' apps. Like, mm -hmm. say their parent downloads a adult content app for through Apple, as long as the parent has a certain setting turned on, the kid can download every single app the parent downloads. And they, so, an example, my family has the ask to buy or ask to download option on iCloud turned on. So it will send a request to their phone. This is my parents both switched back to Android. They have to put in their pa their Apple ID password on my iPad. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, normally, you'll just send it to the parent's phone as long as they have an Apple device. Parent has an Apple device. So if both people have an Apple device, a parent and a child, the the Apple will send a notification to the parent's phone, being like, "Hey, so and so wants to download this app. It's free, or it costs money. This is how much money." Um, there may be in-app purchases, the rating of the app. Um, would you like to approve? You usually would hit approve, and it makes you it. That's something like great that I think is there. You can't approve an app with your passcode. Cause like I know my mom's phone's passcode. A lot of kids know their parents' phone passcode. Mm-hmm. It uses their either their face or their fingerprint. Oh, okay, that's good. Um, which, I mean, <laughs> to all to be fair. Um, if your parent dies and you want to install an app, you're screwed. <laughs> because they... because That's the least of your worries. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's not going to happen to anyone. <laughs> but it's just saying, if that happens, you're not going to be able to use your stuff or download anything without making a new Apple ID and losing all your stuff. Right. But that was a different thing. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. I don't even remember where I am on this. Oh, I was just asking you what you thought about what you thought about kids' usage of phones oh, and technology. yeah. Kids definitely should back off, because, like, so fun little tangent, haha, name of the podcast. <laughs> There's these kids in the back of my bus that drive me insane, because they think it's fine to blast the music from their games full volume. One of them recently got a Bluetooth speaker for their birthday, so they hooked it up to that. Oh, dear. And they, so the volume's even louder on the bus. And they're playing either, like, inappropriate memes or just annoying memes in general. They're playing the new popular game Clash of Clans that I have learned to despise with my entire being because the sounds, I hear them every day, every moment. I go to, I go to sleep and I dream of being at school and hearing of the exact same opening of the game. It drives me crazy, but they think it's okay to max out their volume, turn it up, let everyone know, I'm playing Clash of Clans. They don't actually say that, but it might as well. Right. They're saying it that they're saying it with their speaker. They're passive-aggressively saying, I have Clash of Clans, and I probably am very good at the game. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it, it just drives me crazy sometimes with how, like, they some kids need to learn manners and respect. Well, a lot of them. Some of them do. I'm not going to include myself in that group because that's not up to me to say if I know manners well or not. You have pretty good manners, I have to say. (laughs) I'm impressed. But yeah, and also being on your phone all day doesn't really teach you manners. In fact, seeing how people treat each other online probably gives you the opposite education on how to believe. There's this video of like this four-year-old or four or five-year-old, which to me is a literal fetus, um cussing out an adult because the adult said something that the kid disagreed with. Mm. That just makes my blood boil. And then people think it's funny. People think it's funny. It was it was a giant vine. It's which RIP Vine, we will all miss you. It was a great thing until it, it died. Because then a great TikTok until came, it wasn't. It was a great thing. <laughs> well it was it was great pretty much the whole time. Then TikTok came around and then Charlie D'Amelio and other people came along and just kinda ruined the whole thing. No offense, but take it if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we are actually out of time. Thank you for recording with me today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> 
it was great. Yeah, um, that's the end of this one, everyone. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure, yeah, like I said, make sure to follow. And see you all next time. Stay safe and stay connected.